Dubai I 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. We are talking teacher burnout on the agenda this morning. Uh, I think it's slightly ironic that we're talking about it just after all the teachers have had a week off for half term. I was working last week and my children were off for half term. Uh, so I, went, I did double job last week while the teachers didn't have to do anything. Are you sure they but didn't we're talking have to about, do anything? We're talking about teacher burnout, not radio presenter burnout no. today. Uh, Psychology Today describes burnout as a state of chronic stress that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism, detachment. <laughs> be describing me why are we laughing oh let get this and feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment because i just described myself Oh, so it's not exclusive to teachers. I'd say it's not exclusive to teachers. Uh, In order to balance these things out, I am joined on the line now by Mary, who used to be a teacher in a school, uh, but now works as a private tutor. And and, and I think that might be something to do with overwork. Hi, Mary. Thank you for joining us on the line. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you on. Now, tell me, how long uh, have you been working as a teacher and and how much of that was in school and, and how much of it was not in school? So I've been working as a teacher overall for about 10 years and then uh, five years privately now. And what made you leave the, the sort of the institutionalised profession, so to speak? What, what made you stop working in schools? So I, I left the teaching profession really because the workload simply did become too much for me. So I can speak for myself, really. Um, and But having discussed with other teachers that have also left, I think the reason many people do leave is they do become exhausted or perhaps disillusioned. Um, the workload isn't always just teaching now. There are lots of extra things that you're expected to do, which people will do because teaching, after all, is a vocation. So people want to help out. People want to commit to extra things. Um, so I feel that really it's just become more than teaching. And so when you say it's sort of the administrative tasks, I I mean, fair enough, you're going to need to mark children's work, but but is it more than that? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you're you're expected to mark and you don't really have problems with doing all of those things. But the the paperwork that on top of that, so I think there are just more um, assessments, more extra activities, more work that you're expected to, to do around the teaching. And that therefore... Take, took away for me anyway the reason I started with the job. I, I wanted to be helping and inspire children, helping children learn, uh, being with the children more than completing um, lots of extra paperwork, let's say. Some uh, private school teachers say that they work up to 70 hours a week here in the UAE, especially ahead of annual inspections. Does that is that symptomatic of what, what your experience was? Absolutely, and I can... I can see how people work those hours, um, if not sometimes more, because it is a job that you that people go into because they love. They love teaching. They love children. They love inspiring. They want to help the children. And I, I think teachers by nature will continue to do as much as they can in the interests of the children. So if that be extra assessment, extra work, extra marking, extra commitments, teachers will usually do it. And it does, of course, take its toll and become tiring, I think, on the individuals. How about the argument which I often say on air, which even though lots of people argue with me, I still haven't quite managed to drop in my head that this idea that you do get an awful lot of holidays because you have the same holidays as the children? 
Absolutely. But remember as well, um, teachers do get those long holidays. But as I, I've just been mentioning, it, it is a vocation and a commitment. So you will take home with you the marking, the assessing, the report writing. You'll also want to be planning and doing everything you can for each individual child. And in a class of, say, between 20 and 30, you have lots of different children to do your very best for. And I think that's where also the time is taken up because you're trying to plan and every child is different. And you, on top of that, you're expected to do extra paperwork now. I think it is more. Certainly since I've started teaching 15 years ago, I've noticed an increase in the amount of paperwork and extra commitments. How did you feel when you decided to leave the school, leave the profession? At that stage, had you got burnt out? I think I was, as I said, I'd become disillusioned. And yes, an element of exhaustion. Also, I was actually driving um, to a school for 40 minutes across Dubai. And I think a lot of teachers do do that as well, not just in this country, but in others. So a long commute. Then, um, of course, teachers always get in far earlier than the the students, you want to be there a good hour before so you can plan and set up. And then after school activities, usually an hour or so after school. And then you're taking home a class of 20 to 30 children's books to mark um, every evening. And remember, not just one subject, usually, particularly if you are teaching primary school, you have all the different subjects. And then you've got to be rested and ready for the next day. So it is, it's not just leaving at the end of the day, I would say. It is tiring. How about uh, the comparison between working in British schools, say, or schools in other countries and working out here in the UAE? Is it easier or harder here? I think it's a much of a muchness from my own limited experience. I've only worked in the UK and in the UAE. But I, I do think the uh, when I left London, the paperwork and the expectations had increased certainly as well. So I'm sure it's on a parallel here with, with other leading educational countries. Amazing. Mary, thank you so much for joining us on the line. You slightly silenced me because <laughs> I was ready to say that teachers have got far too much holiday, but, but you, you've laid it out in very, very practical terms. So thank you so much for joining us on the line. Uh, we will hopefully speak to you again soon. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Teacher burnout, our hot topic for the today. Uh, here is Maria Beatros with a little bit more of the sort of the details uh, so that we can sort of frame our argument around the facts. Uh, Maria's from the ARN News Centre. Teacher burnout is an international epidemic. More than 41% of teachers leave the profession within five years of starting. While teachers and other helping professionals are the most passionate in their discipline, their passion and commitment to making a difference in their students' life to help them reach their potential places them at high risk of experiencing compassion fatigue and burnout. Experts say teachers in the UAE are at an even higher risk. As expats, many of them have little support from immediate family and close friends. The issue is being addressed by school authorities. In 2018, the Knowledge and Human Development Authority launched the annual Adults at School Wellbeing Census. More than 13,000 adults from 170 Dubai private schools, including teachers, support staff, administrators, and principals participated in the online survey. 43% of them admitted to just getting by compared to 28% who said they were living well despite struggles and 24% who said they were consistently thriving and 5% who said they were really struggling. One of the factors in the survey is health. Am I eating well? Moving regularly? Sleeping well? School support for teachers' health was given a score of 6.9 out of 10. 
Pay is also a factor. There have been reports suggesting that many teachers are overworked and underpaid. Jobs portal Indeed.com puts the average teacher's salary at 5,700 dirhams a month. Based on 467 salaries submitted anonymously to Indeed by teacher employees and collected from past and present job advertisements on the website. Meanwhile, GulfTalent.com puts it at 10,000 dirhams, the lowest is 4,000 dirhams, and the highest is 22,000 dirhams. But the real issue revolves around workload. Teachers have been speaking anonymously to the agenda, saying that the profession of teaching isn't what it used to be. On top of preparing lessons and activities for students and the active teaching in the classroom itself, they're bogged down with administrative work and expected to file reports on the progress of students, sometimes on a daily basis. In addition to this, parents have become so demanding, requiring real-time information on the progress of their children in the form of reports, pictures, updates on the parent and teacher communication portals. I'm Maria Botros from the ARN News Centre. Underpaid and overworked, what do you think? Get in touch. Joined in the studio now uh, by Brett Gervin, who is the principal uh, for the Arbor School Dubai, and also uh, Tanya Darashmi sorry, Daramshi, the Clinical Director and Regional Operations Manager for the Priory Group Middle East. Thank you both for joining us. Great to have you in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, So what's great about having you guys here is that we're going to be able to discuss both sides of the issue because obviously Brett, as a headmaster, Mm -hmm. a principal, uh, you've uh, worked as a teacher before you became Mm -hmm. a principal. And obviously, Tanya, you can give us the perspective on, you know, how it feels for teachers to have gone through sort of burnout and who are psychologically struggling with their careers. Uh, Fantastic to have you both here. Um, Brett, is is this something that you have heard about a lot and is it something you've heard about throughout your career because I want to get a sense of whether or not it's mm-hmm. got worse um, well I think I think like anything in Dubai there's, a, there's an urgency right there's, there's an urgency to building there's an urgency to traffic and there's an urgency to education so that pressure that comes on teachers that perhaps doesn't exist elsewhere it's not that the same pressures aren't there but there's just an urgency for everything to happen now uh, and you know that transfers to us as parents um, you know you you're paying a premium for good quality education so you want to see results so parents then have this expectation that even though it's exactly the same education they would have got perhaps in home nation because I'm paying for it now, I need to see results faster um, and I need to have more information and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, teachers are under, um, well, te- teaching is a very complex job. You know, on the surface, it may look quite a simple job, ABC, one, two, three, but it's not that. And so um, as teaching evolves, we tend to add more layers of complexity without taking away some of those things at the bottom. So um, I guess there's a real danger that what we expect as parents, um, you know, what we thought learning looked like, and the things that were important to us in terms of homework and practice and extra support um, may not any longer be things that are important. Or they may still be, but they may be less of a priority compared to new things. So the more layers of complexity we add on, obviously, the more pressures we put into it. And so for teachers in Dubai, you know, that, that's the inspection climate, that's, you know, technology, that's feeding back and communicating with parents. Um, so we add all those things on top of the basics, like being good at teaching, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic. Um, and, and it does increase the workload, perhaps compared to what we might expect. Is it fair to say that that, that might have happened in quite a lot of professions, mm-hmm. though? You know, that, that, that we're being watched more, sure. that, that people are more aware of what you're doing, for example, on your computer, because they can, you know, watch how much time you're spending on the internet. You know, there's much, uh, you, you're carrying a phone around you with you all the time, so you're always accessible on email. Mm. And that we have had much more of this sort of 24-hour culture throughout the, all of the professions that we all go into. Yeah, I don't, as I say, there's an urgency to Dubai that pervades 
everything. Uh, it just happens that it now comes into education. And, and I, um, interesting, I, I wrote about this in our recent newsletter is, I, I, you know, if somebody, when you're chatting in your social circles, you might be talking with someone who works in the bank or someone who works at the Priory or someone who works at the radio station. You say, what do you do? Most of the time you, you listen carefully, but you may not quite know exactly what that person does. But yeah. when you say to a teacher or someone, you know, someone says they're a teacher or a school leader is, oh, I, I went to school, therefore I know what should happen in schools. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you do think that. That's you, you know, true. Yes. I know exactly how school runs. I yes. know exactly what should, I know what great practices in a school because I went to a school. And so you transfer very quickly your own expectations and experiences onto that school. And when you don't see that, you think, oh, that, that, because that thing's not there, then maybe now it's a problem, um, which is potentially not the reality. So I guess there's, there's a danger that everyone thinks because they went to a school, they know what a school should look like. And um, also our memories are probably slightly distorted of what school yeah. is <laughs> like. Tanya's nodding very, like, firmly into your head. Tanya, you must see um, people all the time who come in with uh, work stresses and, and anxieties. Yes. Um, do you see teachers? Do they, do they come in and talk to you? I mean, yes, obviously we, we speak as a sort of, I'm I not going to ask you to divulge details. Absolutely. So yes, thank you for not asking me to divulge. <laughs> but um, we do definitely see uh, people from all different uh, areas of work uh, and teachers are not immune to it. Uh, on the contrary, teachers um, have, uh, are with our children for 10 months of the year, for eight hours a day. They are developing these relationships with these students. And so when they are feeling burnt out, like we as parents may feel burnt out, we do take that out. We do yeah. experience that with children. We experience that with work. We experience that everywhere. So I felt burnt out, burnt out at the end of this half term, frankly. Sure. <laughs> um, so, so I don't really know how teachers manage to do it day Absolutely. in, day out. They're really annoying sometimes, children. And, and I, I genuinely don't know how you keep your patience. I mean, if you, if I were using this phrase burnout quite a lot, mm. how would you, yes. uh, Tanya, how would you uh, qualify that? So burnout tends to be a bit of a sensationalized term that we use. Um, and really what it is, is the impact of work on our life when we do not have the balance within our life. Uh, the ability to take our work and to say, I'm done with work, and now I'm going to focus on other areas in my life, whether that's family, friends, taking care of ourselves, doing a little bit of stuff, uh, you know, activity that we can do for ourselves to make ourselves feel better. Um, and when we don't focus on ourselves and we do constantly focus on work, we tend to feel the effects of that, which can be the lack of sleep. It can be the ruminating thoughts that happen at nighttime. Oh, I need to get this lesson plan done or I need mm -hmm. to get that done or I need to, you know, we're going on a, a school trip. What do I need to prepare for that? And, you know, what happens to the children that are not on the school trip? How do we plan for that? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that our teachers do experience um, simply because they are in a caring environment. They they have chosen this job because they have these certain uh, personal qualities uh, and they do carry that empathy and that care and that desire to be with these children and to impact their motivation and inspire them to learn. But yet they also need to be able to take care of themselves to be able to do that in the work environment. It's interesting what you've raised there, the idea that teaching is actually quite an emotional profession. And it, and it therefore is different from, you know, having to check your emails a thousand times Absolutely. a day because you're dealing with children. Yes. I mean, it, there's a duty of care. Yeah. And, and it's not Absolutely. one child. It's 18 or 20 or 30 or 40 children that belong to somebody else. And you have them, like you say, from mm -hmm. morning till the afternoon. You know, you may get a few breaks during the day, but there's a duty of care. And it, it can be exhausting. It really can be exhausting. Absolutely. And so do you get teachers that will sort of go home at night and, for example, just – I'm trying to sort of get into the mind of a teacher. If you've got two children in your class who are mm -hmm. struggling mm – -hmm. Would they stay in your mind when you went home and 
you know, or watching the telly and eating supper with your wife. Absolutely. I mean, the the number one thing in in the classroom is personal relationships. You know, if if as a teacher you don't develop a strong personal relationship with the child, then the chances of learning really happening is, is slim. So first thing is that you build a personal relationship and you can't build a personal relationship and then go home and just shut off. It doesn't work that way. Or it may do for a few yes. teachers. There'd be very few teachers that could walk home and just say, right, doors closed, no more school. Um, you know, the reality or the, the perception that school finishes at 3.30 and then they go home and it's the gym and down to the beach club. It, it's just... It's just not happening. It's not true. No, it's not Are you happening. sure? It's not true. <laughs> well, I, I hey, believe you. You've got a full spectrum, I'm sure. And it may yeah. happen some days. But, uh, no, no. Fair uh, enough on a Thursday night. Everyone needs to chill out. <laughs> uh, lots of messages coming in. Uh, Zine, uh, we've got one here from Eric. Eric, yeah, makes a very interesting point. I appreciate the teacher salaries are quite low. However, the teaching survey is very focused on one small group. Uh, it's the KHDA survey that, you know, they started mm-hmm. surveying uh, students uh, to sort of gauge their well-being uh, levels they've started doing it with uh, t- teaching professionals too if you were to survey the entire workforce of the UAE you would get similar results Probably. the parents of the children being taught at schools face the same struggles as the teachers so we are all under pressure very interesting message uh, there from Eric we are going to be getting more of your views in just a few minutes passionate or put out got a grievance you need to air this is your forum and this is your chance to set the agenda Join the conversation on Dubai I 103.8. You are listening to The Agenda. Georgia Tolly here in the studio in for Tom. And we are talking about teacher burnout on The Agenda this morning. Psychology Today describes burnout as a state of chronic stress that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion, amongst other things. It's one of the big issues to be discussed at the Dubai Education Exhibition and Conference this week. It is an international problem. Worth mentioning that in the UK, the CEO of the charity Education Support, Sinead Bukriti, said that overwork has become normalised and that teachers are almost twice as anxious as the general population. Retaining staff has become a global issue with four in ten teachers planning to quit the profession. To discuss this issue and more, we have uh, Tanya Daramshi, who's the psychologist uh, from Priory Group Middle East, and we have Brett Gervin, who's the principal for the Arbor School in Dubai. Thank you for joining us. Now, what about these long holidays then, Brett? Because you can't escape from the fact that you get a month off at Easter, you get half terms, and then you get two months off in the summer. Surely that's enough time to chill out in. You're dead right. I'm I'm sure it is. I'm just (laughs) off air. Tanya and I were discussing this, so I'll pass it back to her in a moment. But um, (laughs) in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Again, working yourself to the bone for five weeks in any profession in my teaching and then thinking, oh, I'll just take that week at the end and solve all my problems is probably not a nice way to manage your life to be, you know, awfully stressed for five weeks and then try and fix it. So um, if I pass back to Tanya, we were discussing this in terms of banking. Um, yeah, is it possible to bank that time? Well, I mean, but two months off, you can really decompress oh, in two yeah, months. No, no yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can definitely recharge your batteries in two months. But I think it's important to recognize that if you, for example, take a weekend and you go out for the weekend and you're, you know, short of sleep, you clock in four or five hours for a couple of nights, you're trying to get your project done or whatever it is that you're done. Um, you never really catch up on those eight hours or nine hours that you've depleted on your reserves. It never comes back to you. Uh, And if it becomes consistent, it becomes a pattern where you're constantly feeling that level of stress, we end up utilizing areas in our body where we're releasing cortisol frequently into our body. So we're starting to get into different areas of the impact of stress on our physical state and our mental state as well. 
Um, so no, you can't. The qu- short answer is no, you can't bank the hours. Uh, it's I not s- going to happen. I suppose, and, and as part of this conversation, I really, I really am being educated by it because believe me, I came into the chat thinking, uh, well, you've probably heard it from my yes. tone of voice. <laughs> you know, they get a, there's a lot of holidays. There I think I must have said that about yeah. ten times now. Yeah. Um, but but then this sense, that, you know, I'm gradually learning about how uh, how it's more it's it's more than a job. It's a vocation, and you really do go home and you think about the children. And then you're talking about you know how afraid people get, how afraid teachers get, and how stressed they are. You do not want someone who is stressed mm-hmm. out and at the end of their tether hanging out with your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hanging out, let alone trying to teach them. Because I know I snap when my nerves are frayed or when I'm tired, just at home with the children. And, you know, the impact that teachers are having is so much stronger. Absolutely. Well, I think if, you know, we, we mentioned earlier, the impact of coming into a school and saying, yeah, I, I went to school, therefore I know what school should look like or what teaching should look like. How many of us had a teacher that really we weren't able to learn from? Oh, um, yeah. You know, we had that. And what did that do to our education? How did that impact us? So now imagine that teacher that is struggling, um, and not because they don't want to be a motivated, a motivator, sorry, or an inspirational teacher, but because they are just really struggling. And now have them teach your child. And your child is expected to learn from that. Um, and when you were saying we feel afraid or we feel untethered, what is that what does what's that ripple effect that has mm. on our children and on the the inspiration and the motivation? And so my children are still young, sort of six and five. They're pretty much oblivious to how adults feel. Yeah. But if you've got a teenager in the class, they can pick up on that type of thing. If they spot mm. that a teacher is stressed out, uh, then they're going to play up more. Ultimately, I suppose. And well, they might play mm. up more. They might be deeply sympathetic and kind and friendly. <laughs> but but you know, you're not you're not in a sort of necessarily a controlled environment. Brett, in a few minutes, I'm going to be asking you. About about, obviously, as a principal, mm-hmm. how you recruit and how you deal with your staff and how you make sure that they are they can sort of live up to this pressure. Loads of messages uh, coming in. See one here? Yes, thank you for messaging. Sadly, we live in a society which sees being extremely busy and stressed out as a virtue. How can we change the world so our children don't have to believe in our dog-eat-dog philosophy? Tweet Tom on the agenda now at Dubai Eye 1038 FM or at Tom Urquhart. So uh, the discussion point of teacher burnout has really got people talking on the text lines this morning. Thank you so much for all your messages on 4001. We've also got that survey running on Instagram and on Twitter. Z, I'm going to put you on the spot now. How's it going? What do people think? Okay, let me just pull it up. Okay, so the question we're asking is what's to be blamed for teacher burnout in the UAE? Is it pushy parents? Lots of admin work, uh, lack of support as expats. And a lot of people are saying all of the above. 60% say all of the above. All of those factors are affecting and contributing towards teacher burnout. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Brett uh, Gervin mm-hmm. is the principal for the Arbor School Dubai and Tanya Daramshi is a psychologist from the Priory Group Middle East. One of the reasons why we're discussing this issue uh, is because Tanya is actually speaking about this topic at the Gulf Education Exhibition and Conference this week. It will be very interesting indeed. Brett, now you have to uh, you have to hire teachers, mm-hmm. and you have to hire teachers that can deal with this level of stress that then workload that we've been hearing about. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you work out who's right for the job? Um, I mean, each each school is different because obviously each school is in a different stage of its development. So, what a mature school is looking for versus a new school like my own school, which is just starting up, versus a school you know, that might be somewhere in between, and then and then you know, in particular, which curriculum are you following? So, you're, where you go looking, I guess, is, is your first consideration. But then. 
when you're going through that interview process, um, one, 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 I guess, style of questioning is that I don't ask, I don't, or I try to avoid asking hypotheticals, you know, are you resilient? Of course, yes, we're going to say, yes, I'm, really I'm the most resilient person ever. I'm you, the most resilient person you've met. So are you flexible? Absolutely, I'm flexible. I'm so, Exactly. So putting hypotheticals in there is not useful when you're doing recruitment. For me, it's about asking them to give particular examples. Can you give me an example of when you've been or have shown resilience? Can you give me an example of when you've had to be flexible? What did that look like? Uh, and so when you're searching for people, those are kinds of questions you might ask to try and tease out of them. Uh, obviously, you know, doing your, your, your HR background in terms of looking through CVs and picking them from the right market. And then I guess um, the more mature you get, you start to search for a combination of, of teachers. We, you may look in the local market to get people who know what's coming, they're, they're experienced in that, they've got good leadership and experience in how to manage that. And then you supplement that with perhaps some, you know, some young teachers who are just coming through who are enthusiastic and excited. And so when a school matures, you'll get a nice balance of people that have that, uh, been there, done that, with those who come with the, with the enthusiasm and energy. And then I guess once they're in, then it's trying to prioritise the the quality of teaching. And if you can prioritise that, then hopefully you get... So everyone up. says that um, that a lot of a lot of the sort of positivity in education lands on the fact that you've got uh, teachers that are passionate about the job mm-hmm. and have been around for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But I've heard that staff retention uh, in all areas, in all in all sort of jurisdictions, in all countries, is mm-hmm. very, very difficult indeed. And, you know, um, this survey here suggesting that four in ten teachers are planning to quit the profession. That's according to education support. Mm. Is that something that you see here in the UAE, something you see in your school? We're lucky in the UAE is that we're still an attractive market, I think, for most expats that, that are looking from their home nation. Um, and again, you're talking about a spectrum of schools. I think the figures you quoted there were schools that pay 4,000 dirhams up yes. to schools that pay 22,000 dirhams. So it depends on which end of the spectrum you're looking at as an educator. You definitely um, feel more sort of motivated to work longer hours if you're getting a decent you know, chunk of change into your bank balance each month, I'd say. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult comparison because, again, if you're talking about recruiting someone from the UK, their expectation for a certain salary is, is X. If you're talking about recruiting someone that comes out of India, then maybe their expectation is Y. So it's not really an apples and pears comparison. But mm-hmm. I guess that the number one thing that we're looking for is quality of teaching. That's, yeah. that, and no parent's going to argue with that and, and no educator is going to argue with that. The number one thing we want to optimise is quality of teaching. So if we can get the right people in the right place and then try and manage their workload slash well-being, you're optimising teaching, you're putting good people in front of good children and hopefully you get good results. So Tanya, what sort of support would you suggest to headmasters like uh, Brett? You know, what, what kind of measures should head teachers be putting in place to make sure that they're, you know, that you're not getting a stressed out, freaked out teacher standing in front of 20 kids every day saying, you know, the solar system <laughs> starts with the sun. So I think one Pluto's things, not a planet. <laughs> one of the things that I think help in any work environment is in ensuring that you have a safe space for communication and for open dialogue. To have that space, that availability of your, whether it's your line manager or whether it's colleagues, um, to be able to discuss what's going on with you. One of the things that we do when we are stressed or feeling like we are burning out is to isolate. So ensuring that we are engaging in our relationships and communicating with our peers, our colleagues, but also if we're at that point where we're recognizing within our body that we are not okay, Mm. to be able to know that it's okay and we are safe to be able to go to our line manager to say, I need some support here, and that you will not be penalized for it. I mean, that does not really happen in the UAE. Does it not? No, no, I don't know. (laughs) It does for us at Priory. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you something, the the, the 
discussions around the water, the water machine at the Priory and at all psychologists' place must be fascinating. Because like, you, you ask the question, how was your weekend? And someone like says something like neutral and you're like, everyone's analysing it, right? <laughs> That's how I feel when I talk to psychologists. Anyway, um, No, no, I just think in the UAE, there is less of a sort of management culture. There's mm. less of a sort of supportive culture. And I imagine in quite a lot of schools, I'm sure not, Brett, um, there's, there, it's quite hard to, to find a line manager who cares or, you know, they're probably stressed out themselves. Yeah, well, one of the things that we do is go out to various schools and we've had a lot of requests from, uh, you know, people like Brett that are saying, can you come and talk to us doing our professional development days where the staff is already in the school? We're not expecting them to take time out of their personal time, but also for them to pay that recognition due to well-being. So we do go out, we do have those discussions with the admin team, with the administrative at the top level, um, so they can role model it downwards and it take a top-down approach, but also to work with the teachers on giving them some tools in their toolbox that they can carry with them on care, ensuring work-life balance. That's actually really encouraging. I didn't realise that schools were schools engaging on that yeah. level. We are discussing teacher burnout on the agenda this morning. We have Brett Gervin, the principal for the Arbor School Dubai, and Tanya Daramshi, psychologist from the Priory Group Middle East. They've stuck with us. We're in the studio. Let's talk a bit about productivity, because it's one thing um, to have uh, teachers who are working hard and, and who are present and who are getting stuff done, but ultimately... What if they're not actually proving themselves in the classroom? What if they're not actually... So they're turning up and they're ticking the boxes. Right. But what if they're not actually making a difference in your child's life? How on earth, as a principal, can you figure that out? Like, how can you spot the ones who are slacking off? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> put me on the spot. All the teachers are listening to me. <laughs> um, they, should, they shouldn't be. No, they should be in class, right? Slacking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, look... You start this from an assumption that everyone is positive and willing to do good. And if you start from that point, then the, the next step is, okay, how can we go from good to better? Yeah. And so if you make that assumption, then we're on a journey towards being you know, good to, to better to great. Then that's what you're looking for. And, and I think there's very few teachers that I've ever met that are on that side of, you know, I'm just here marking time. And they get spat out, particularly in, in this environment. They get spat out and they get found out very quickly. And I'm lucky enough where I don't think any of those exist in my school. So, you know, the idea of saying, right, we're all on this journey together. Wherever we're at now is where we're at. But let's go from here to, to the next better place. And so... You, I guess you prioritise those things which have the biggest impact in the classroom and you try and minimise those things which are administrative or governance or other bits and bobs that take away from their time. There's never a perfect balance. You're working a, walking a tightrope and saying, right, this is important, even though it may not impact now right in front of you, but it's still important to me or the culture of our school. Um, and it, you're just trying to walk a fine balance. Don't always get it right. You know, yeah. and, and when, when you don't get it right, you'll probably notice it because, you know, you'll get elements of frustration. Some of your key teachers might come and, you know, have a word in your ear or, or you'll get um, increased levels of absenteeism when people are just exhausted. And so those, I guess, are just indicators that, hey, something's going on in the school you need to work on. Really, really good to have had this conversation. I think all of us, when we go to uh, pick up, might be a little bit nicer to our teachers this time. Uh, really lovely to have you both in the studio. Uh, lovely to have Brett Gervin, Principal for the Arbor School Dubai, in the studio as well. This is definitely something we will be returning to because we've had so many messages about it. This is Dubai I 103.8.